and welcome back to the American Scouser. Allez, allez, allez. We've conquered all of Europe, lads. There's something that the cop wants you to know. We are joined tonight by Timuchin, the OG. Tim, how you doing? Uh, what's going on, man? All good, all good. And Parker is here with us as well to reenact what happened there during the weekend and our, our podcast preview in it. So we've got the perfect team. Parker, how you doing? Not too bad, you know. It's a good game. And uh, I'm excited to go over it. Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't uh, couldn't echo those sentiments better. So here we sit. Um, obviously, we've got a midweek game coming up. We'll uh, we'll touch on that and a, a little bit more after. Um, but let's get things started off right, shall we? There's the can. Of <laughs> I'm man. Give me some Osler. of these cans, man. <laughs> I, I've got I've got two cases waiting for you, mate. <laughs> so cheers. Folks, we um, entertained Leicester at Anfield. Uh, we won three nil. Um, give us your give us your thoughts, and then we'll dive into you know goal by goal and whatnot because there's there's plenty of, of talking points in this uh, game. So we're probably going to spend quite a bit of time talking about this game in particular because it was excellent. So what's your thoughts at, at ninety minutes? How overjoyed were you? Um, were you surprised, Parker? Let's go to you first. Yeah, I mean, right at the start, I thought I was going to be right about my prediction of we were going to win on some you know, I, I'm, I'm ha- goofy, I hate to fluky you so, goal so soon, but you were spot on. You had it right at 1-0. It was going to be a perfect 1-0. And then, and then it all just went haywire, but, didn't it? Yeah, you know, I'm all, I'm all right with being wrong in that situation. Uh, Johto with a great goal from a great assist from Rabo, and uh, finally Fantastic. Firmino scoring. So hopefully... His little goal drought, his yips, whatever you want to call it. Hopefully that's done and ready to see back and form Bobby again because we've definitely, uh, I've definitely missed that as the American Scousers resident Bobby yeah. Stan. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Timuchin, how, how, how close were you to a heart attack in the opening 20 something minutes? We were, we were. I didn't even get close, man. That was pretty yeah. impressive. That, that by itself says a lot, I think. So absolutely, the um, warrior, the warrior <laughs> has returned. Yeah, and I was, you know, I mean, it, they started really good. I don't know. There were like so many things to be pleased about throughout the game, and I mean, obviously that was kind of like a fluke goal, but you could almost tell it was coming one way or the other. And and God, were they horrible at defending corners? Gave me flashbacks of our old days, you know. But, um, yeah, I mean. The overall play, uh, how the back line kind of held up. But, I mean, we'll talk about that. But I think that really was mainly due to the ridiculous pressing and running that was on up front. I mean, they never got a chance to look up when they got the ball to be able to, you know, play those long balls to, like, Vardy and stuff like that. So, um, I mean, Bobby by itself, I might could just not stop smiling uh, once he scored, once I saw the celebrations and stuff like that. Got a little emotional. I was like, man, so happy for this guy. I mean, it's just like, I mean, plus the game he had. I mean, not only because of the player he is and the guy he is, but on top of it, the game he had, the freaking, I don't even know, is that one eighths, one tenths, one hundredths of a freaking oh, inch? Oh, don't even talk to me about millimeters and inches. I'm, I'm done. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that not going in the post, all kinds of crap happening. So, uh, that was very pleasing. And obviously, it's a good win. Nothing like a good Leicester game. We had the same thing last year on like Boxing Day. Nothing like a good Leicester game to kind of say, "Hey, we're in good shape here." Absolutely, um, and you know, like you were saying, it, it was a, a, an emotional time for for Bobby. You could see the the whole squad sort of galvanize around him when he scored and, and know what it meant to him because he is um, the endless giver. You know, he's he's does does the Lord's work, so they say. Um, but I have to admit, I I sang his song extra extra hard when he scored um i'm just sick of all the people bad mouthing him and and you know yeah. look we're, we won't get bogged down and all that too much because uh, you know you you can it's all too easily to get bogged down in, in the negativity of social media um but it was great to see the squad gr- jump around him um so the first goal was scored by OG. Um, who is this OG fella, and can we buy him in January? <laughs> uh, oh, one of my greatest like a, he almost favorite had a players. Race. Uh, in the second <laughs> half. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, fair play. So, um, yeah, thanks to Johnny Evans, uh, ex-Man United player for that one. Um, also my countryman from uh, the north of Ireland. So thanks, Johnny. Come back anytime you want, mate. Um, <laughs> but in all seriousness, the, um, the goal was common. Um, but, you know, uh, Parker, you kind of touched on uh, the perfect ball by Robbo for number two. Um, the the pass scenario was, I think it was 30 or 31 passes or something completed um, before the goal, which I watched it in a, a time-lapse or, or high-speed um, video. And it, it's just brilliant watching uh, the Leicester players get pulled out of position and, and just the way we switch the ball from side to side. And then, of course, Robbo absolutely does all Brighton for dust, you know, sends him for a hot dog, sends him for the newspaper, sends him for a cup of tea as well, and then delivers the beautiful ball in. And it's almost like for, for a second, you don't see Jota coming into that screen. And then all of a sudden, boom, he's there. What a great header. What a great player we have in, uh, in, in both of those players, Robbo and Jota. Um, Robbo was bought for $8 million and he has 31 assists since then. That's more than any, any player in that time. Like, surely that's the best left back in the world, lads. Good Lord. You, I mean, that entire sequence, I mean, for people who don't understand, you know, either like new to the game or maybe like, you know, have followed it for a few years, but never played it and stuff like that. I mean, watching that sequence, uh, maybe we can like throw the video along with the podcast too. But uh, I mean, you see that ball moving left to right. And if you're not like, you know, seeing the full picture, it looks like we're not getting anywhere. We're just passing sideways. Uh, but you kind of see that constant, like the lesser defense shifting from side to side. And A, that's a lot of running. I mean, if you've ever defended against one of those teams, that gets exhausting pretty fast when you're like constantly shifting. It's not sprinting, but it's a lot of running, chasing people. And you see that defense shifting, shifting, shifting. And obviously, you know, like we find the opening at the end and get the goal in, but uh, horrible defending. But I might have to say like, he didn't have to jump on Robo the way he did, but hey, thanks. Uh, thanks again. I guess he did the same favor last year when he dove into Mane. So, yeah. um, so, but I mean, a beautiful goal. I mean, the run in, I mean, Jota, what, what a player we have there in terms of how he fits the system, how hard that guy runs. I mean, honestly, the key to me overall in terms of how well we played, especially when you look at like the defensive line, I mean, Mil Milner, I mean, we can have a whole podcast just talking about Milner, probably. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but, I mean, everybody was, you know, it was hard to find, like, a man of the match because I thought everybody played well. But I think that back line looked good, mainly because of all the hard work they did up front. I mean, like, Jada, uh, you know, Firmino, Mane, those guys never stopped running. I mean, you could tell the moment somebody received the ball on Leicester, somebody was on him. They never got a chance to look up. And honestly, a few times they did get a chance to look up is when they were dangerous in the first half. Afterwards, really, like, they never did. And thanks to Rodgers for playing the way they did. I don't know why you would not attack that back line. You know, I watched his actually post-game, like, conference, and he was kind of, like, took offense to the fact that, you know, the back line was labeled as depleted for Liverpool. But shit, it was depleted. I mean, <laughs> whether yeah. you want to call it that or not, it was depleted. And instead of going at it, he chose to kind of sit back and counter. So thanks for that, Brandon. Yeah, sure. And, you know, like I was going to start the podcast tonight with um, the club in crisis because that seems to be the term getting batted around before the Leicester result. What crisis, Parker? Tell me. <laughs> yeah, I mean... It's given that match, it's really hard to say. I think it put, at least for me, it put my fears at rest with, you know, all of the injuries that we've got going. Uh, it definitely put those to rest. I think if, if I'm really digging and I really want to say that there's a problem, you might say when it comes to back to back matches where we got, you know, like yeah, this that's week. That's the problem, all right. Definitely. That's, that's Not what our I problem. think. Yeah. But I think that's where we're going to see some issues. But on a week-to-week -week basis, you know, I don't think we have as much of a reason to be worried as we might have thought a few weeks ago. Yeah, and 
you know, to add on to what you're saying there about injuries, the only crisis, and I, I, I emphasize crisis because it's not really, I mean, it is a bit of a problem in midfield. We're, we're cert, starting to, to lack some depth in midfield. Um, I often listen to the, the Redmen um, TV, uh, and especially when the lineup came out. Uh, so Pajak and Machen were talking about the lineup, and Pajak says, uh, we've got uh, Clarkson as our only recognized midfielder on the bench. And Paul Machen is absolutely pissing himself laughing because Clarkson's not really a recognizable midfielder for us. You know, he's a youth. Um, so I thought that was very funny. But um, of course, with uh, Nabilad taking a, a hamstring knock, that's going to be four to six weeks. He's out. Um, uh and what you know, while we're on it, I, I would hesitate to say that Naby possibly wouldn't have gotten injured had Milner not have had to fill in at right back. Had, you know, in an ideal world, I think you know he, he possibly wouldn't have been pushed to the limits to to play a full ninety uh, Naby so early. But um, we're definitely starting to see a few. Um, Obviously, midfielders are coming back by, in drips and drabs, but midfield is definitely one of the positions that we're kind of hurting in right now. Uh, midweek's going to be interesting, although we've got you know pretty much sewn up. Um, it'll be interesting to see what kids make the bench there. So, I mean, on that note, what do you think of possibly blooding in a couple of kids midweek here? I know we're we're jumping the gun. We'll get to midweek in a bit. There's still plenty to talk about in the game, but what do you think? It's you almost have to, I yeah. think. I mean, the the good thing is, I mean, kind of like goes back to a couple of things we were talking about last podcast. It was us three again. And, you know, one, all these injuries and, you know, the crisis you mentioned is a great motivating factor for this team because uh, you could play, you could see how hard that team played. Uh, probably like the best we've played in terms of like how hard, I mean, the pressing and stuff like that we've done in midfield is probably like the best I've seen in a while. Mm -hmm. And the second thing is, you know, that we touched up on was the fact that for once we started the group stage really good. Yeah. and got nine points out of the first three. So that kind of gives us some cushion. I mean, you know, you know, club is never going to say, yeah, we're just going out there to, you know, what we got, but I feel like it's almost like there is no way around it with McNabby not there, Shaq not there, uh, while we wait for I mean, I don't see Hendo being rushed out there if he's not ready. I would not rush him out there. It's almost like if we're going to throw a game, if you will, and, you know, putting that mildly, but this would be a good one. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, while we wait for like Hendo, I mean, Ox started practicing, you know, Thiago started practicing. So hopefully we get some of these guys back, but you don't want to rush it. I mean, going back to your point about Nabi, I mean, I don't know if, I mean, he didn't get injured on like the 55th or something like that, right? Like beginning of the second half, uh -huh. um, maybe he was not ready to play more than a half and he would probably not have started. Uh, if it wasn't for the injuries, he would have been a guy that would come in in the 60th minutes or something like that. Uh, so having seen that, I just hope we don't do the same thing. And I doubt we would with like Hendo or Thiago or something like that midweek when we kind of have the group pretty much set. I mean, we still play, you know, like two more games after this. I mean, even a point might even be enough. Uh, another win obviously seals it. Yeah, I think... Um... Just as you're mentioning that, um, I think a point will be enough if Ajax don't win. Um, but obviously a win guarantees us knockout stages. Um, so, I mean, there's still plenty to talk about with the Leicester game. So, Parker, let's, let's talk about um, Bobby outscoring Jada 1.95 to 1. <laughs> Because, oh man, I hate all this. Like, well, look, last week we talked about the minute details of yeah. the technology. Did we did we shoot ourselves in the foot? Did we curse it? What what happened there? You know, I blame Was Parker. Yeah. Listening to us? <laughs> you know, have they hacked our Zoom? <laughs> I mean, I think that one thing I've always been like really against, I guess, with soccer is i hate the fact that the entire ball has to cross the line 
I think hockey is different where it's just got to break the line. It's right. just got to break in. And then even if just like a little, little teeny piece of it breaks, I could be wrong on that. But I, I think that's kind of more or less how it should be is if you, if you break the line. And again, if we really want to go back to the technology thing, we're at the point where they can put chips in the ball and have sensors in the goal no questions about it nothing mm-hmm. if it if it breaks that line you know that and it can be a one light particle wide line built into the goalkeeping net breaks that line goal doesn't break that line no goal yeah. keep it nice and simple but you know i understand the rules are rules and it sucks when 99% of the ball's line is, the ball is over the line and that little half quarter inch isn't but i mean we still got the win so yeah so wait 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 so it's been like four days and we've totally switched roles with parker now because i I really have no problem i mean the goal line technology thing is probably one technology that even an old fighter like me has no problem with because we didn't stop the game and watch it for five minutes Right. To see if there was a blade of grass on this side or on that side and stuff like that. So I'm totally okay with that. I mean, it is what it is because if you do it the other way, like you're saying, Parker, where, you know, as long as it gets like past the line, well, then you're looking at it flip around. You know, we wouldn't be right. like, oh, it was like 0.018 close to passing the line and stuff. So I don't think, you know, the side of the line doesn't really make a difference. I'm totally okay with the goal line technology and it is what it is. Sometimes it's in by a little bit. Unfortunately, we've had back-to-back-to-back over here where we're on the short side of things. But, um, but yeah, I, I, the thing I like about that technology, and I wish you know, we kind of like implement the other stuff in the same format, is we're not stopping the entire world, stopping yeah. the game, looking at the video for 10 minutes, meanwhile cutting to commercial, coming back, and stuff like that that you know, other sports do, and sometimes even like VAR does. Uh, so I'm totally okay with the goal line technology as long as it works. What was the game that it didn't work last year? Was that Sheffield? Yeah, right. Yeah. Game, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and, you know, cost them, uh, cost their team an allegation. So, uh, I don't like to say, I'm okay with that technology and the, how it works. Yeah, we just got screwed out of it. But so the Sheffield game, they didn't, they didn't have it turned on, right? Didn't they? Yeah. They, yeah, so, it was something like that. It was like right when we came back after that, like the project restarts and there was mm-hmm. something wrong with the stadium or whatever, like mm-hmm. lighting or whatever. I can't remember what the reasoning behind it was, but it wasn't working. And that ball was clearly in. And it yeah, that, was, ball. that yeah. was awful. Yeah, I mean, you know, that was Bournemouth, I believe, right? Who got screwed right, out of yeah. that ball? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I believe you're right. Yeah, and they basically, I mean, essentially cost them the, re- you know, being relegated. And we know how costly that is. Yeah, that's millions. Talking about you the know? money involved and everything like that. But no, I mean, like I say, we just got, it is what it is. It's either a gold and it's not. And somehow, year after year, we're like half an inch short. And I don't recall an incident where it's the other way around, where yeah. we've had like a gold line technology that has been on our goal. In favor. I can't recall it, but. I don't remember watching something where it was like not all the way in or like just a little bit in and stuff, but it is what it is. Luis Garcia, the ghost oh, goal. Oh, yeah. yeah. But I mean, it hasn't happened in like the recent years, whereas, you know, obviously the city game comes to mind, sadly. Well, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, mind. we've kind of like been on the other end of things uh, a couple of times now in a back-to-back year or so. But, I mean, it is what it is. It wasn't through. I was just so happy that at the end, it did freaking go all the way through. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Absolutely. yeah, the post twice, and then he gets his, his goal in the, the 86th minute. I mean, uh, I think I, I got, obviously, like we were saying, I got caught up in the celebrations, but I don't think I seen Bobby do his infamous karate kick when he scored. No, he it was didn't. just mugged by everyone. Plus, he hasn't really been scoring a lot for Liverpool um, of course, he's been on the mark for Brazil, but um, I do miss that samurai kick. It's got to come back at some stage. It's the most uh, it's calm a... I've ever seen Bobby after a goal. Yeah, absolutely. But seeing those big pearly whites was all it took for me to go <laughs> exactly. absolutely mad. Yeah, There's you something not that cop wants you to know. <laughs> oh, it's great. But um, yeah, we've got a few stats here about the game uh, from Opta Joe stats uh, talking about the. Diogo goal. Um, so his goal for Liverpool came after a sequence of 30 passes, like we were saying. Uh, since Opta have started the data 
collection since 2006, 2007. This is the most passes in any build-up to a Premier Premier League goal by Liverpool. So, just goes to show again, we're we're breaking more records constantly. Um, uh, we went through the the stat o- earlier already that since joining Liverpool for eight million. Uh, the start of 2017, Andy Robertson has given more assists than any other defender in Europe's top five divisions. That's 31 assists. Not only is eight million pounds sterling a bargain for that sort of return, he's he's fastly becoming up there with the best left backs in in the world. I mean, if he isn't number one, he's he's in the conversation. Um, Genie Wijnaldum as well uh, has become. Uh, the most he's he's managed to get the most wins in 200 competitive appearances, and uh, he's beaten players like Ian Rush, Steve McMahon, Gary Gillespie, and Alan Kennedy. Talking about the best left backs in the world, Alan Kennedy was definitely one of them. So 133 wins in 200 appearances for Genie Wijnaldum. I mean, like you were saying to mention uh, or alluded to, like we could talk about James Milner for all the podcast. We could talk about Robbo for all the podcast. Yep. We could talk about any single player for the entirety of this podcast and probably still run over our 60 minute mark, you know, like we'd be, <laughs> we'd be going all night here, but a um, couple of mentions definitely have to go out to Ray Clements because uh, Allison and the rest of the goalkeepers union for Liverpool. Um, Allison was wearing his, his famous green um, Ray Clements, famous green kit and um, laid a wreath behind the nets. So, um, obviously, Ray was a fantastic goalkeeper, um, not just for, for Liverpool, but he also had a stint at Tottenham, and the Tottenham guys paid their respects as well. Um, so massive respects to the goalkeepers' union there for showing their respects to a, a legend, a true legend of the club like Ray Clements. Um, and while we're on the goalkeepers' union, we have to say a, a happy birthday to Keevin Kelleher, Mainly, I'm, I just like to say his name because I'm Irish and I'm probably one of the only ones in, in America that knows his name except for the other Irish lads. So happy birthday, Kevin Keller. And it just gives me another opportunity to throw out the, the fact that he fell asleep on the bench in the Everton game. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, other than that, um, I've got one little bit of tidbit information about Diogo Jota that I wanted to mention last week, and we just ran over. But um, Jota, or Hota, or however you're pronouncing it, isn't actually his name. So Jota is Portuguese for J. So essentially his name is Diogo J, or, you know, like a DJ or something like that. So his actual name, uh, oh God, I've got it written down here somewhere. But it's a, it's a long, ridiculous name. It's like uh, Jose, uh, Texaria, blah, 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 something like that. But uh, Jose Texaria da Silva. So his full name is Diogo Jose Texaria da Silva. Or Jota. I mean, honestly, whatever you call him, man, he's been a find. Uh, I mean, th- that's like one thing that's kind of shows. And we it will be a challenge, but it'll be a fun challenge, I think, to be able to work him in because it almost feels like in most cases he will have to be out there along with Bobby and you know the, the front three uh and that almost like narrows down how many spots are open in midfield which kind of helps the cause I guess since we have a shortage of midfielders but uh <laughs> but uh, I mean when everybody is healthy that's some tough competition to be able to earn a spot in midfield I mean you got to figure between Hando and Genie. Uh, I mean, that, you know, with Fabinho playing as center back, that kind of like opens up the midfield a bit more, I guess, for open spots. But uh, I mean, if we get Thiago back, I mean, the good thing is, even when we started with, I thought it was like good depth uh, for the squad, even after all that, we look semi depleted. So I'm glad we made, you know, they made the signings that they did and we didn't have too much of a quiet offseason. And, I mean, you use these kids. I mean, look at Curtis. I mean, he was – I mean, that's another one that's probably one player we can we talk about for yet. a long time. I mean, yeah. he had an amazing game. The confidence that kid has, sometimes an old, like to the point where it's overconfidence. But, heck, I mean, we forget because of the way he plays and maybe how long he's been around. 
almost like trans, we forget how young he is. I mean, the kid is 19. 19 and he did not ridiculous. look like a 19-year-old kid playing. No, he was grabbing the ball off Vardy. You know, he was not only just grabbing the ball, he was shoving him out of the way. You know, <laughs> I forget what it was uh, Klopp told him to do or something a couple of weeks back. Uh, he said, defend like a madman, attack like a scouser or something like that. And I just thought that is brilliant. Like that, that's, that's Curtis Jones there in a nutshell, you know? But uh, yeah, I mean, Parker, Curtis Jones, 19, put your, put yourself, you're a bit closer to his age, put yourself in his shoes. <laughs> you know, it blows me away how some of these kids play and just the absolute maturity out of them. I mean, I'm only 25, so it's not like I'm that much older than him or even Trent, but like, you know, I think of what I was like when I was 19 or when I was, I think Trent's, what, 21 or 22? Yeah. You know, and think, okay, if I had the world at my feet, if I was making the arm loads of money that they're making, thinking about what I would have done versus what they're doing. And, you know, I just got a lot of respect for that, you know, when young talent aren't for lack of a better term, dickheads about it. Yeah. And they're still hungry, you know? Yeah. That's not, and you know, I heard uh, one of the match commentators say something like um, about Jota, uh, you know, a lot of players seem to think when they've got the signing and they arrive at Liverpool, like, Oh, you know, I've, I've made it, I've made it big. Um, and then, you know, the desire, the will, the, the hunger, kind of goes out of them like maybe maybe this the transfer or the club is too big for them um certainly not for the scousers that come through the academy they know exactly what it means but it's not for jota either you know and and he's he's proven the the fact that the desire to not only make it in the team but to break into the the first 11 you know it's it's testament and, and tantamount to it just the ethos that's running through the club, you know, and it, it's nobody takes anything for granted. You know, James Milner is the oldest one there and he is kicking ass every day in training. You know, it's, that, that's just, there's no days off, which is great to see. I mean, the guy has a door named for him for God's sakes, you know, <laughs> but, I, but I think the, the key thing is, I think like Robbie was talking about this after the game on like NBC sports. Uh, it's about, you know, like the overall tone set, you know, going back to what Parker was saying, you need somebody to keep you in line and you need somebody to kind of, I don't want to say put you in your place, but, you know, treat you as, you know, like as a mature player, but at the same time, show you the right way and kind of like shift you back in when you're kind of like strength, you know, how they have these mentors now when you're kind of like sliding off your lane and starts beeping. Yep. You need somebody like that. And I, you know, the abundance of those people in the squad I mean, I know we lost Adam Moana, I mean, because he was one of those guys. But, I mean, you had Milner, you had Hando, Van Dyke. I mean, all these guys that are around the team that have that maturity to kind of keep those young guys focused uh, so they don't get kind of, like, ahead of themselves. At the same time, not only, like, in terms of, like, you know, beeping them back into their lane, but setting a good example to follow. And exactly. say, you know, and push this them, is what I got to do. Know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look – Look, we've we've covered the game. Let's just say that. Like we we could sit here and talk about the performance because it was it was fantastic. Um, if you do do need to to read any more about the game, um, our our great lads, our great bloggers on the website there. We've got Paul Bickler with his um his player ratings, and you've got uh his, the weekly after game corner taken quickly from uh, Barack. Um, so there's there's plenty to read there if if you're in need of more um, beautiful American Scouser content, we have you covered. Head to the website, americanscouser.com. We'll post the links up and all the rest for you lovely fine people. Um, so yeah, I think we've pretty much nailed the game on the head. Um, just great to, to come away with, uh, with a, another win, but um, we can't relax too much because it's Atlanta, Atlanta or at, yeah. Either way, we've got, in there. <laughs> we've got Champions League uh, at Anfield on Wednesday night. Um, as we sort of touched upon earlier, because of our excellent progress in the Champions League, we can kind of 
take a deep breath and collect our thoughts. <sighs> so there we go. I've just done it. And done, yeah. <laughs> um, and we go again. So, yeah, I mean, they're traveling to us. It's a, a, a game at Anfield under the lights without the crowd. Um, what do you think, lads? Can, can we afford to, to take our, our foot off the gas and maybe hope for a draw and hope Ajax do us a favor and we, we, get, we progress through anyway? Or do you think the uh, fringe and youth players can get us over the line? Because we, we trounced them 5-0, didn't we? I think it'll be a like nice, healthy mix is what I'm expecting. I mean, there'll be some, I mean, I would think like, you know, like maybe Nathan Phillips will be back out there. Um, oh no, wait, what, who's the champions league? Yeah. He, he can't is play, it Reese can play, correct? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I would expect some kind of a rotation, um, but still a fine balance knowing club, knowing the mentality, because that's, I mean, you don't just switch the mentality for a week or a midweek and then switch it back on again or for mm-hmm. the weekend. So I would think, though, there has to be some rotation. Uh, you would think, like, Mo will be back in there. Um, I don't know if we'll rest maybe, like, Mane or, like, Bobby. Uh, but, or maybe, like, Jotstar, because he had a couple of knocks throughout the game. He was being, like, thrown around a little bit. So, But you would think there will be some kind of rotation. I don't think you can change how you play. Uh, obviously you're going to have maybe not as much quality out there as you would. It's less experience, but I mean, you just do what you do and hopefully how you gain experience too. Yeah. Hopefully your squad, you know, your squad depth and quality is good enough to be able to keep up. But I would think we're going to see some of these younger kids out there uh, getting some minutes and that's fine. I mean, you got a game coming up again in like three days, so you can't just throw everybody out there and wear these guys down because I mean, that's how these muscle injuries happen in the first place. Did you guys yeah. see Klopp just freaking lose his shit? Yeah, an eight-minute interview. Eight-minute interview. And yeah. Sky Sports completely cut him off. Like, they weren't having what he was trying to say. Because, you know, I heard somebody say, oh, it was a rant. It wasn't a rant. It was a – look, we all know the man. It's calm, calculated. Like, he wasn't spouting off the mouth for, for the sake of it. He had a point to prove yep. and a point to say – and even the um, the English uh, interviewer, you know, kind of tried to interject and, and 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 back his own back and say, you know, oh no no, you're right, Klopp, you're 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 right, and we are listening to you, but you're not. He says, yeah. Klopp just <laughs> Klopp just comes in, he's but you're not. You know, this is a decision that should be made at a desk, which, as far as I can tell, and I'm paraphrasing the man here. Um, as far as I can tell, that's an easy thing to do because he makes them all the time at a, at a desk, you know? Um, but he's, he's absolutely right. And if you haven't seen the eight minute interview, go and do yourself a favor. It's, it's box office clop. It's prime time clop, um, taking no shit. And he's got a bunch of names in his back pocket and he's just adding to that list. Anybody's getting in the way. Don't step in front of that man. Yeah, it wasn't like it was more like he wasn't buying the bullshit excuses yeah. back that was being fed, and he was kind of like just keep like, like I'm not buying it. Mm-hmm. And I mean, he's right, and it's sadly it's all about money. I don't really see it changing. You know, like they could probably do better well with scheduling and stuff like that, and maybe at least make it the afternoon game and stuff, which he was mainly after. Uh, but. Yeah, I mean, he's right, too. That's why all these injuries are coming across. I mean, I freaking, uh, you know, saw a couple of interviews where they were, like, criticizing basically, like, Pep and Klopp talking about, uh, you know, like, wanting five substitutions when during the game they only used one or two or whatever. But I was like, that's because your squad is already depleted and we're only in November. And your squad is, I mean, both sides, them as well. I mean, any team that has the Champions League games obviously is going to hurt more because we get to play every three days, sometimes two days, uh, whereas, you know, regular Premier League teams play once a week because they don't, you know, we haven't had the League Cup or FA Cup in a while too. So, yeah, I mean, I don't blame him for going apeshit. I mean, you can just imagine every week he has to, I mean, you know, we're talking about the Champions League game and we have no idea I mean, if we try to make a lineup, good luck with that. Because we don't even know who's available. And the sad thing is, he doesn't know who's available either until he is back from the medical team. Yeah. And I mean, 
we do have the five subs, obviously, in the Champs League. Yep. Um, but, you know, a thing that Klopp was saying in that eight-minute-long interview was, you know, pre-COVID, Klopp would usually make his first substitution usually around the 60th minute mark. Yep. And he would always manage the game very well. Like, there would always be, you know, if we needed to waste any time around the 85th minute, he was always good at throwing on a sub then. Um, after COVID, and he, he mentioned it in the interview, like I said, he said, um, the reason why we're not making substitutes now so early is because we're waiting for a player to get injured. Yep. We're waiting for a player to go down. We're waiting for something to happen because you see it all over the game. Um, and he said himself, he was like, uh, PK had a terrible knee injury. Uh, uh, somebody else for England had a terrible knee injury over the weekend. And, and Klopp was accused almost of, of not, or, or talking solely about Liverpool players. He said he's not. He's talking about footballers' well-being, you know? So, Parker, like, put yourself in the man's shoes. You know, like, people are falling like flies you've only got three subs to use. Then you go into a Champions League where you've got five subs to use all of a sudden. It, you know, it must feel like a breath of fresh air. Yeah, I think, I think it'd be a combination of that. And also, I want to say it would throw me off a little bit, but that's kind of the best word I can think of or the best phrase I can think of for it right now because your, your day-to-day Premier League strategy is managing the three subs. Then you go into these Champions League games where it's like, okay, well, we got to totally rework the strategy. We got to totally rework the plan. And, you know, I mean, they're professional managers. They should have no problem with that. Mm -hmm. But nonetheless, that's still just extra work. That's extra planning. That's extra on the tactic side of things. You know, it's, for example, when you see what players are going to be the five subs this week, you know, who's playing well in training, who's showing some steam, who's, who's showing fit. not much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, beyond that. Yeah. I think that that's really where the difficulty is going to come because I think just force of habit's going to go, okay, I need a top three, a top three, and then it's, ah, oh, shit, there's five. Yeah. Um, I mean, it'd be, I, I think that I didn't like the five at the start. I'll openly admit that, but now that I'm kind of seeing the results of what three does, um, I think we really need to bring five back. Yeah, and, you know, going back to what uh, Klopp was saying in that eight-minute interview, um, and we've touched on it already ourselves, we've got Brighton after that. Um, Brighton and Hove Albion, uh, and that's away. So when we come back from Italy... Then we have to travel, I, I believe we have to travel the furthest in the Premiership that weekend down to Brighton, which I mean, it's, it's the UK. It's not like we're going to Russia and then back down to Brighton or anything like that. You know, it, but it's still travel and, and it still shortens what's happening. So it, he will, Klopp will have an eye on the Premier League and he will have obviously an eye on those five substitutions. So it'll be interesting to see. And it, it, it just goes to show again, there's no rest for the wicket. It's straight into Champions League. Like you can't rest on your laurels. You can't celebrate the Leicester when you've got to already be thinking about Champions League. You've got to already have an eye on the back of your mind on Brighton on Saturday, you know? So we've got a game on Wednesday and a game on Saturday. And that's what Klopp was complaining about, you know, uh, the COVID hit and everybody's plans were changed except for the scheduling and except for the football, you know, and that was his point. So I think more than, you know, like, the tra- I mean, like at least in this one, we're not traveling as much because we're home, but I, it's just the recovery that these guys do not get. I mean, you're going to play right. against that's an Italian me. team we're, that's, yeah. you know, and we know how Italians play. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, you're going to have that, like, you know, it's like a tough physical challenge of like 90 minutes against that team and then you only have, work. you know, you don't have enough time for your body to recover to kind of like kick back again in like two days and like having those like, you know, earlier games and stuff like that. And yeah, that's why I think he was mostly mad and kind of like snapping back constantly because 
you know, the fact that all oh, this contract, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, nothing is the same. Why would the contract stay the same? And like I said, you can't blame him, but I hate to be the one to tell him. I can see maybe the subs rule changing. Uh, but in terms of scheduling, I do not see that changing. How many years have we heard this for, you know, like the December, like the holiday season and stuff like that. And mm -hmm. what has changed? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> Very little. So I, <laughs> and so I do not see it changing because the money doesn't change and that's what it's all about. But I mean, obviously the COVID and like the, the congested schedule makes it even worse. And yeah, I think we're just going to have to see how we come out of this in the next like two, three weeks. The biggest advantage we have, like, you know, we talked about is the fact that we won the first three games. Thank God. It's not a situation like the last two seasons with the Champions League where, you know, we need the last two games, the very last game sometimes and stuff like that. So um, let's try it out there like the best level we can with, like you're saying, Jamie, like keeping an eye on like the weekend and making sure, you know, like we have coverage there. But that's not how club operates. I mean, no, you're always, right. Like, next game, next game. <laughs> that's how I operate. Not, not, not the man himself. Right? Yeah, yeah. No. That's probably how we would run it. And that's why we're probably doing this podcast and it's running Liverpool. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. But, but I mean, and that's the thing. It's just, you know, because we want, we're more worried about the next step constantly. Right. And I'm sure he is on the back of his mind too. I think more importantly, is somebody 100% ready to go. I just hope, and I don't think he would, especially in a game like this, rest somebody who's kind of ready, almost ready. And I feel like maybe that's where, like, Nabi was at. Yeah. And that's why he didn't last the entire 90 minutes. But um, so let me ask you guys this, by the way, because, I mean, I, I don't know if you guys watch any of the other games over the weekends. But so what is your guys' take on the Spurs? Because they're going into this, what, like, month period where they have a bunch of pretty ridiculous games. This is, like, the tougher end of their schedule. How do you guys see them coming out of it? Because I thought that Tottenham, I mean, that was the City game they played. That was vintage Mo, first of all. I mean, it was just nothing. But that was just like, how does that guy play? Like this. I mean, it was just like part of the, And I have to say that team is a lot more suitable for it than what he was trying to do at United in terms of the players they have. So what's yeah, your sure. guys take on that like what do you guys think they will be once they go through this next top six seven games are they still head to head with us or are they going to show the jinx in the armor parker do you want to jump in and I'll, I'll pick up the the scraps yeah <laughs> i mean i think that uh they'll do all right but tottenham will be tottenham and i think you know whether they're cursed, whether it's just, you know, certain players have bad attitudes or what. But I think that, you know, those classic Spurs moments, I think are going to still happen, even with Jose uh, at the reins. I mean, we saw it last year with them. We saw it, if you guys watched that whole Amazon documentary, we saw it all through that. So it's not a knock against Jose. It's not a knock against any specific players, but I, I've just got a gut feeling that Tottenham will be Tottenham and they'll have their classic lads. It's Tottenham moments. Again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's where I was kind of at. I mean, like you said, I mean, look, it's always a risky business letting a film crew into your dressing room. <laughs> yep. Um, you know, people who've watched uh, the the Bulls documentary, uh, people who've watched the Spurs documentary, and let's not mention being Liverpool. Because <clears throat> that documentary was interesting. <laughs> um, you know, I look, like Parker alluded to, Spurs are going to be Spurs. It's just a matter of when. Um, they, they had a little Spursy moment yeah, already, already this did. season. Um, but it's it's it is hard to ignore their um, firepower form men. You know, Son and Kane are are doing great. Um, Loris is back and doing really well in nets. Which you know, if you had said that to me last year when he broke his arm, it folded like a deck chair. I I thought. Oh, why do you have to remind me of that? Oh, man? it's so bad, wasn't it? That it's was terrible. Oh. Um, but I thought that was his career over, you know. Um, yeah. So you know, fair play to them, but 
we're all just waiting for the penny to drop. And, you know, usually with Arsenal, it sort of happens around Christmas time, mm -hmm. maybe January. Let's see when it happens for Spurs, their other London team, you know, like it's, it's, it's coming, you know, they're doing exceptionally well up front, but you know, it's only a matter of time. It, you know, you see those memes about Everton being on top of the league. It's like an elephant up a tree. You don't know how it got there, but it's not staying. <laughs> Which they <laughs> fell. So. <laughs> exactly. So, but you know, everybody's saying they're title challengers. So we'll, we'll let that ride until they're not anymore. So you speaking know? of title challengers, let's flip the coin. Instead of like a team on the rise, team that's not looking as good in City. Uh, I don't know if you guys watched the game. I, I mean, it's one. I mean, I'm a soccer guy, so whenever you know there's a Premier League game on, on if it's on, I'm watching it, kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, watching them this year, they're definitely. I know because Aguero is not there, <laughs> and that's making a huge difference. Uh, but they just are not the same team, mind you. Like Tottenham was set back really good, but they've struggled against a lot of teams, and they've already yeah. lost a bunch of points and. Pepri signed. I was kind of like shocked to see that because I really thought he was going to move on to the next project. This was starting to kind of crumble. So God knows how many billions they're going to have to spend this summer to rebuild this now. Uh, it <laughs> feels like there's be... messy. <laughs> <laughs> That's I, the only reason. I mean, uh, I surely. Mean, would really messy change a whole lot, especially no, it, like, you know, I mean, he stuff spent like that. You know. a billion on his defense. Yeah, that's ridiculous. You know, he he, he <laughs> it's like a country in war, <laughs> right? Um, but let, like we're talking about the defense now, how were their defense against City? Because, or, or sorry, against Tottenham. Because, like I said, uh, Son and Kane are doing great. Their defense isn't fantastic. They've got Benjamin Mendy back. Um, how was their defense? Was it sh as shaky as everybody said? I think they're shaky against a team that counters, and everybody just yeah. counters on them. I mean, that's the problem they had with Leicester. Uh, that's the kind of like the problem with having Spurs. I mean, that's probably like the scenario. If you're going to play against City, I mean, let's face it, they have a lot of quality out there. Uh, the smart way to go about it is, I mean, we're one of the few teams that has the balls to kind of go at them full speed. You know, we rather just go at them and have them defend them, worry about us than the other way around. Yeah. But not a lot of teams can do that because they can't press like we do and stuff like that. So for most teams, it's a matter of sitting back and then trying to hit them up on the counter. And that's when you know, like center backs play an important role and they keep spending millions on getting new bodies in. But I mean, that was a thing anytime. And let's face it, Spurs, like you're saying, you know, the Bergwijn and, you know, Son and Kane, they have a lot of, like, firepower to be able to counter. But anytime they were able to counter, yeah, they were dangerous. So it's a matter of just sitting back against City, letting them have the possession, holding on till basically you counter them. And it's almost like I feel like that's one thing that we definitely have on this team uh, I mean, a lot of things, I guess. But this is what I see as the biggest difference is in terms of, like, the mentality of the players on the field. I feel like, I mean, maybe we're biased, but when you watch City and they get scored on or when things are not going right, I sense and see a lot more frustration or kind of, like, slightly going away from the game plan or over-trying and stuff like that that I don't see as much with us in terms of like sticking to the plan and doing the hard work and stuff like that. You watch them. I mean, this weekend, like you could kind of tell, I mean, and I watched the lesser game and stuff too. And you know, you're going to, I mean, we had the Villa game, you know, that looked ugly too, but you know, overall, when you watch that team, I feel like when things are not going perfect and in most cases, you know, that offense is clicking and things are happening and stuff. But when it is not, when they start to get fresh, it's a very easy team to get in the head of, kind of like peppers i guess but you know <laughs> and you know get frustrated so that's probably like one big thing we have over heck i mean the rest of the league is the mentality monster thing in terms of how we stick to the plan and keep working at it knowing this is going to work if we keep going at it and do it right and that's the the true test you know when your back's up against the wall when you're sweating when you're under pressure can you come out on top um and you're absolutely right that the mentality of our team, we're not biased. It's, it's visible there to every other team. Um, so now that Timuchin's had his question, Parker, do you have a, a question you want to throw us under? 
I guess my question is, you know, who's going to be the one battling us for the title? If it ends up being, you know, a two-horse race, like it tends to be. And, you know, again, assuming that we're going to be one of the ones fighting for it, who's going to be that other one? Because right now it seems like, you know, a bit of a toss-up. I mean, the start of the season we had, what, Everton, was it Sheffield, too, were in the top? Like, we're tied for first. I mean, obviously stuff's changed since then, but just at the start, it's already been a bit of a wild card. So who who's going to be the other person that's going to be fighting for first, well, assuming that we're the other one? Right. <laughs> assuming everything goes to plan. Right. Um, well, you look at the table now. We're, we're talking about Spurs, Chelsea, and Leicester. Um, Southampton are only a point off, and they're having a great, great season, um, despite what happened today. Did they, they, it was, they drew today? Um, Suck. Everton are having a great, great start as well. Uh, they're only four points off us, but you're really looking at the teams much lower. You know, City are in 13th. 13th? I'm, I'm, you know, that, that's mad. Like, you're, you're waiting for those teams and, and Arsenal and, and even Man, Man United in 10th as well. Like, you're, you're waiting to see if these teams can get a run of form going because right now you can just see Liverpool, Tottenham and possibly Chelsea and Leicester just, just continuing on. Um, we'll all drop points sooner rather than later. But uh, it's, it's how you can react to that. Like I was saying, it's, it's when, when the pressure's on, that's how you judge the character. And like Tamuchin was saying, uh, teams like City, they, they take a, a knock, they might not bounce back as, as quickly as, as a mentality giant like, like Liverpool will, you know? So if, if the, the other three teams that are up there with us right now can keep the momentum going, fair play to them because we know we know we're going to keep the momentum going. We may drop a point or two here or there, but we're going to keep it the, the, the high spirits and high mentality and high press going. I think, I mean, my guess, and that's why I kind of like asked earlier, just based on the style that they play and the players they have, I feel like they made a couple of like kind of smart moves. I mean, we'll find out more, but I still say it will be Spurs rather than Chelsea, especially if they do well the next three, four weeks. Just, I, I just feel like they got some right pieces in there. They, it, and it was kind of like under the radar. It wasn't like Chelsea signings that everybody was like drooling over. Right. Uh, but some, you know, like Hoiberg and, you know, a couple of players that were like, you know, kind of like what was needed, mm-hmm. maybe not like a flashy signing or like an, you know, outstanding like offensive player or something like that, that, you know, gets like the headlines. But uh, I feel like if I mean we'll find out obviously with as they enter the tougher part of the schedule. I mean you look at the teams we have played. Obviously we're gonna play the Spurs, uh, but aside from that, we played most of the teams on the you know the top half of the the league right now. So I mean no game is easy, uh, but obviously there's like quality out there. I feel like as good as Chelsea is, and I'm sure they'll dump more money in January uh, for like defense and stuff like that. I just feel like because of the style they play, I can't see that team losing points a lot easier uh, because they kind of go gung-ho sometimes and it's all about like attacking and stuff like that. Uh, not as strong as defensively, whereas you know Mo is going to be more worried about defense uh, before he goes all out. Just because of that mentality, my money is on Spurs over Chelsea in terms of who would compete. And not to, you know, like, like I say, I mean, I kind of like bash City, but – they're still an awesome team, and Aguero's coming back. I mean, they'll be in there. Uh, mm-hmm. They'll be close. I just don't know. Nobody is going to have the seasons we had the last couple of seasons. Yeah. Like 90 points, 100 points. No, that's I – mean, Especially with that the ship's already sailed. Injuries, yeah, it's not going to happen. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I mean, my answer to your question is probably Spurs as the team just because of the style they play. I just know they might not lose as much. They might draw at worst kind of deal. Mm-hmm. Who's your money on, Parker? You know, I got to agree with Tamuchin here and say Spurs. I think, you know, for a lot of the reasons that he said, but beyond that, um, one player that I've always said absolutely puts the fear in me every time we play against him is his son. Yep. I'm not going to try to pronounce you were gonna say it before you said his it. full name, but He's... I mean, that man can 
tear apart a defense. He is dynamic. He is tricky. And he's not predictable. He is an incredible athlete. And he is someone that I always worry about when we play against him. Um, One other thing, I think Chelsea's going to fall off. I think they're going to have – I don't think they're going to finish top four this year, honestly. Really? bold. That's a bold prediction right there. I I think that – especially because I've been adding so many expensive, high-priced signings. I think it's only a matter of time for they have a couple bad games and the synergy in the locker room just goes to garbage. Yeah. And that's going to break a lot apart, mm-hmm. um, especially with, you know, you guys know how much of a fanboy I am of Plissick, but he's, you know, in, he's back. I know he didn't play in the international break at all. I don't know if he'll be back or if he was back this week. I didn't catch Chelsea's match, but especially with him being injured, I think he does a lot more for the team than the stats really say, kind of like how Bobby does. Um, He's a but, fantastic talent. He yeah, really I think I think it's only a matter of time before just something falls apart with Chelsea. And yeah, it's the, the go honeymoon period is is um, beginning to annoy me. Really, yeah, <laughs> you know. Um, listen, the 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 least said about Frank Lampard, the better. But um, he, <laughs> yes, he manages to he manages somehow to get his hands on a, a great bunch of lads obviously they've got money to burn but um, <laughs> i was just yeah. gonna say the the sooner the sooner the wheels fall off that train the better um with all that being said folks i i mean like like we all said earlier on we could sit here and talk all night but um <laughs> i don't really see anything else in the news that we've missed or anything like that um it's been a great pod chatting with you guys anything else you, you just have to add must add before we uh, wrap it all up here I know about a must add, but uh, let's just throw that out there. That I mean, it's gonna be this probably this next month over here is huge in terms of like where we're gonna head. I mean, this entire league, and I'm just like I say, I keep saying it, but man, I'm so glad we started this Champions League, kind of like ahead of the game, and I yeah. hope we use it well and these guys come back. It's just that just not knowing this whole injury mess is probably. The only thing after a game like that, you would be like, yeah, man, we're on our way. I got the same exact feeling watching that 4-0 beating of them like last year against yeah. Leicester. Like when the game was where I was like, God damn, we're good. Kind of a yeah. thing. You know? Electric. It, yeah, exactly. I mean, you were like, you know, who's going to stop these guys? Even if they stumble here and there, you know, nobody's better than them kind of deal. This The, the whole injury thing just obviously it keeps happening so you never know what else is it's almost like what else is next i'm almost afraid to look online when i wake up to hear you know somebody got injured on practice practice or something like that so right let's just the ones that get me is... so freaking pray <laughs> whatever you're gonna do is... whatever you allison, believe in allison tested positive for the best goalkeeper ever like come on stop god i hate those god, god. so much yeah it's not the season for that shit right now. <laughs> get off my get off my timeline bro come on parker anything you you want to throw in there before we uh hit the road can't think of anything now. I think we covered just about it all. But you're you're damn right. Um, excellent lads. Uh, well played as always. We we put in the full ninety minute shift there. Two two excellent halves. Um, as always, folks, if you're in need of more content, head over to the uh, American Scouser. Tomuchin, we got any uh, nice articles coming up? Uh, well, actually, week? what's just came out uh, before this podcast dropped actually is our uh, Spotlight podcast with Colorado Springs. Uh, they're kind of like an interesting story from like just the humble beginnings within a year and like four or five months, they became official. Uh, so we wow. have that out there. Uh, so yeah, I mean, they're definitely like an interesting story behind them. And we get a couple more of those spotlights coming up as well. Uh, so there'll be a lot more podcasts dropping over the next few weeks here. So there you are, folks. Stay tuned. Um, as always, a lot of work going on behind the scenes. Um, all our bloggers are furiously typing away like little monkeys trying to recreate Shakespeare. Um, So, yeah, other than that, folks, 3-0 against Leicester. Hard to beat. We're joint top of the league. Um, There was something the cop wanted you to know. Uh, His name is Bobby Firmino. Never forget it. Turn on, tune in, cop out with the American Scousers, and we will be back soon, folks. All the best. Have a great week.
And we'll see you midweek. Up the Reds. Up the, Up reds. the reds. That's right. Let's go.